This is the Anatomy of a Scream Pod Squad Network. Well, is the exception. Doesn't drink, doesn't smoke, and ends a sign. The rest of them, yeah. Pardon my French, fuck those fuckers. Hello, and welcome to the Girls on the Boys, a podcast dedicated to analyzing the Amazon series, The Boys, and the girls who turn out to be the real heroes. I am Jen Adams. And I am Rachel Reeves. And we are talking today about episode four of season one, The Female of the Species. Woo-woo. Like, yep. We're here. We're into it. I feel like... <laughs> The, it like we're we're we've taken off you know i'm so excited oh yeah no that was like the whole thing as i was watching this i was just like oh yes this plot is getting real like thick and goopy and i am all about it so oh, yeah. yeah loved yeah. every second of it <laughs> we're not in the intro phases anymore we've met just about everybody we're gonna meet for a little while so Super excited. Um, But before we get into the episode, let's talk about updates for the new season. Let's go to Huey Cutie and the news. But I'm sorry, Petit Huey and the news. I'm six feet tall. I'm six feet tall. 6'1". I did see a fun fact that it was said, like, my Amazon thing told me my trivia was like... He's actually 6'1 in real life. It's like, oh, okay. He's oh. not even lying. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, Thanks, Amazon like trivia. <laughs> He's tall and lanky. Yeah. But, hey, yeah. Frenchie could call me anything he wants, like, especially if he does it in that French accent. So, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So, season four um, filming is set to wrap at the end of March, which, as of this recording, is right around the corner. So almost Ooh. like nearing the end of production. Um, they have not set a release date, understandable, but that's okay. But early estimates are saying that early 2024, we can expect the next installation of the boys. And that's good because we've got three whole seasons. <laughs> And lots of thoughts to keep us busy until then. <laughs> I was thinking that too. I was like, they don't. I mean, I want to watch it right now, but like, if they if they dropped the season in June, like, we'd have a lot of work to do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But that's super exciting. I cannot wait. Um, sometimes when I'm watching these episodes and I just get really excited, I go to YouTube and I watch trailers for the seasons. Oh, like, ah. there's. I just love the show so much. So. Well, okay, so let's move into the name of the game, which is all about the episode we're talking about today, which is The Female of the Species. I hyped this up big time in our last episode because I love this episode. I love this female. So here's our description of The Female of the Species. On a very special episode of The Boys, an hour of guts, gutter balls, airplane hijackings, madness, ghosts, and one very intriguing female. Oh, and lots of heart, both in the sentimental sense and in the gory literal sense. I love I, these little descriptions. I know. It's wild. It's like, oh my gosh, yes, all of that does happen in this one episode. And it, that mm-hmm. even leaves out <laughs> a lot of other things. So I wild. Know. <laughs> so good. Uh, this episode, I guess. I wanted to point out, so season one originally aired July 26, 2019. Mm-hmm. So 2019. Pandemic. Wow. Yeah. Seems Along with all the other episodes. 
Yeah. yeah, this was on Amazon, so they all dropped at once. But yeah, I just wanted to point out that that's when this season originally aired to kind of, you know, put everything in context. Nice. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good note. Yeah. Um, so this episode in particular was directed by Frederick E.O. Toy? Toye? Apologies, Fred, uh, for if I don't know how to say that. Uh, yeah, but, but hey, anyways. if you're listening, let us know. <laughs> yeah, let us know. Um, he's done a lot of TV and has done a lot of dark TV material. So mm. good guy to handle this episode. He's done episodes of the Watchmen TV series, oh, which, which is, is so great. good. Yeah. Uh, the Terminal List, which stars, uh, I have it here, Chris Braddy McPratterson, um, I guess. <laughs> So that's Chris Pratt, in case you can't, like... Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Uh, It did did take me a minute. One time I was doing a Losers Club episode and accidentally uh, wrote Christ Christ Pratt. (laughs) Also acceptable answer, I guess. I'm sure he wouldn't uh, get mad about that. Um, So Freddie also worked on Lost, The Walking Dead, Snowpiercer, Evil, which I haven't seen but have heard is really good. I have too. Um, C, which is an Apple TV Plus series, Lost in Space, The Terror, which is a great series, mm-hmm. um, The Man in the High Castle, Westworld, Fringe, oh, and Little King's Dominion here, <laughs> Oh, nice. Yeah, so dude knows what he's doing and was a great choice to helm this episode that has a lot going on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. And a lot of those shows are some of my favorite TV. I like the really dark, gritty, gory stuff. So, yeah. Yeah, just a yeah, incredible, incredible list of credits. And so mm. just, just wild. How fun would that be to just like you just pop in, do an episode, kill it, and then be like, all right, on to another cool episode or like a, for another cool series. Like that's just. Totally. Pretty, pretty rad. We really are in a golden age of television right now, you know? Like, e- because I'm looking at that list and I'm like, those aren't even like, a- I mean, those are huge shows and they're awesome mm-hmm. shows, but like, that's not even like the cr- the A list and that's still like incredible work. So that's awesome. Yeah. Um, but yes, perfect choice for this episode. Um, all right. Well, let's talk about where we f- left our fearless heroes in a little section we call Sup with the Soups. This is where we're going to recap and just kind of catch us up on what's happening in the last episode with the Soups and the boys and where everybody is. So Huey is still reeling from killing Translucent and probably still washing blood out of his hair. They send his body parts or parts of his body to Vought with a message. And then A-Train wins a race and gets to stay in the seven, but only with the help of Compound V. He refuses to publicly acknowledge his girlfriend Popclaw, which causes her to relapse on V. And while high, she accidentally kills her landlord, and now the boys can blackmail her. And boy, does she ever kill him. Yeah. (laughs) It's a lot. And then Starlight gets a new outfit. And I just wrote, thanks, she hates it. (laughs) She... (laughs) She also gets to go out with Huey, and it is super cute, and he closes the evening by placing a bug on her phone. So romantic. hmm So that's where we left off. All right. Well, let's move into Bad Boys. Bad Boys. That song is now playing in my head. So let's start with The Deep, because early in the episode, we get a little deep in some deep analysis. He's in therapy very concerned about dolphins he calls himself a diversity hire which i was like 
<laughs> I just wrote in my notes, incel alert. Yeah. Not actually calling deep that, but like uh, he's one of the most famous people on the planet. Like I'm, I'm not going to feel sorry for him. So yeah. So what are your thoughts on deep? <laughs> it's funny because I was going to say, you said I don't feel sorry for him. But the thing is like, in this scene, I was like, oh, I kind of feel sorry for him. I know. No, I know what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's, it's it's interesting to see him kind of portrayed in this way. First off, uh, his name is Kevin. Yes, Kevin Moskowitz. Mm-hmm. Wow, Kevin. Oh, my God. The line that killed me is, where would that Carnival Cruise line be without you, Kevin? And he's like, yeah, yeah, you're right. And I think that's like... I'm just loving seeing these interesting developments and how it's playing with just all of these characters and really kind of muddying the waters because Mm -hmm. here, (laughs) muddying the waters (laughs) for the deep, especially because Mm -hmm. clearly, you know, not a good dude. Like, we obviously hate him, but also like what he was saying about the dolphins, it was like, oh, that's like really sweet. And like sad and like why are they making fun of him because you know he talks to fish and Mm -hmm. you know leaving blow up dolphins or whatever and making fun of him when you know and he's struggling to make friends and just posturing basically Mm -hmm. and you know hurt people hurt people I was just gonna say say that yes (laughs) Mm mm-hmm yeah and I think like one of the things I love about the show too is like we can hate him and think he does awful things and also completely understand where he's coming from and why he does those things without letting him off the hook for it, you know? Because I think, like, we've talked about how the show is really great at exploring the nuances of characters, and I think it, it does. It's like he is lashing out at Starlight. He's trying to assert his dominance over Starlight because he feels like he's the lowest of the totem pole because they're treating him like shit. And that doesn't mean what he does is okay, but it's like that is what happens when you have this system of dominance based on just power, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I I enjoyed that scene. And I mean, I'm not ready to talk about it yet because honestly, I'm still reeling from like what happens a little bit later in the episode. (laughs) But Mm -hmm. just I was like laughing out loud and also like mortified at the same time. (laughs) (laughs) Which I feel like that's pretty on brand for Deep just over the course of what of the three seasons. Like this is the beginning of him becoming like one of the show's best characters. And it's like you love to hate him and he's hilarious and also total fuck up and schmuck he's, exactly well that's the thing it's like you know what he's saying in that therapy session it's like totally like he just needs to be more assertive and like not doubt himself and you know own his you know what he's passionate about which mm-hmm. is dolphins and stuff like great awesome and he right. tries to do that and just gets the door slammed in his face right. which you know anybody would be upset by and then just seeing how he responds to that and just continues to dig himself you know the hole that he's already dug can dig it even deeper mm-hmm. is just oh it's like a train wreck you can't you know help but watch <laughs> i know and just the way chase crawford sells this too like he's just so committed to this character i just i love it yeah and I, the scene with the dolphin it's like 
I love how flirtatious this dolphin is. Like this thing with him, like talking to animals. Like it's not like it's not like a Disney. Like oh, oh Timmy, there's somebody in the well. You know, it's like mm-hmm. these dolphins are just as fucked up as these superheroes are, and it's hilarious. Like, what do you think the dolphin wanted him to touch? You know? Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, yeah, it it is a heartbreaking scene too. I wrote that he got um, what is it? The devil's rejected. Oh yeah. Gets, you think he's finally free and then smashed by a truck. So yeah. poor dolphin. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Deep is Deep is an interesting guy, and uh, and we'll we'll see more of him coming up. He's also super dreamy. Speaking of dreamy. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about Homelander. Um, in my notes, I wrote, my crush intensifies because I love him. He is a bad guy. He is a, yes, he is a villain, but I've also come to accept that I am very attracted to bad guys. Um, I married a good one, so, you know, I'm. it's all on TV, but man. Okay, so thoughts on Homelander for this episode? Oh, my gosh. Like, also, mm. like, hilarious, but also, like, he just, I just can't, can you imagine, like, just existing the way that Homelander does? Like, he's mm-hmm. so sleazy and, like, performative and calculated. I just feel like it would be exhausting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I just, you see that all on display here, mm-hmm. you know, so they go and they're going to go save this plane. Yeah, or they're gonna try to, and that's the whole idea. To, yeah. So they can it, get in the military. Yeah. Yes, to like sell the need for this, to mm-hmm. prove that like, oh, you do need us, because who else was gonna do this? Yeah. And then also uh, maybe thing... we can save some lives, you know, if, yeah, if we maybe. have time, you know. Mm-hmm. But they don't. No, they don't. <laughs> that, no. <laughs> that quickly goes off the rails, and it's kind of his fault. I feel mm-hmm. like. Yes, it's totally his fault. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, maybe he just doesn't have very good control, you know, over his, like, ga- you know, gambit-like Cyclops eyes kind of thing. And, like, <laughs> not gambit. Yeah, gambit's ex- it's Cyclops. Cyclops, Cyclops yeah. X-Men. James Marsden. Like, his eyes, like, because he just completely decimates the whole, like, interior of the cockpit to kill this mm-hmm. one guy when I think they probably could have done that without downing the plane. Um, yeah. And then quickly realizes that... They're not going to be able to save everybody. So if you can't save everybody, we have to save none of them because otherwise they're going to tell people what happened. (laughs) Right. Yeah. We can't let it be known that we were here because then they will know that we failed to save them. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like so brutal. And then like just realizing how easily he makes that decision. Oh, yeah. And how, you know, Maeve has a harder time making that Mm -hmm. decision. Like she is not on board with that. But he just doesn't. He just, I don't know, he just steamrolls her, doesn't give her the option, and doesn't save anybody. Yeah. And then spins it. Ooh, yeah, everything oh, about I know. It. Those, and man, those tears at the end, too. Like, he's turning on some waterworks. Like, oh, we could. And do you see Madeline walking up to the screen and like, oh, he does know, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I feel like this is a big turning point in the series and for Homelander, too. Like, I was really excited to get to this episode because I feel like this is a huge thing because not only does he not save them, but he, like, turns on them and he threatens them. And he's like, I'm going to fucking kill you if you don't stop asking me to save you, you know? 
And I just wrote a thing about like the flaws in their powers. And when I was researching Homelander, that was what something that came up. It's not what I ultimately ended up writing about, but that one of his weaknesses is that he's careless because he doesn't have to be careful because he's Mm. indestructible. And it's like, he knows he's not going to crash into the ocean. So like, if they do, like, it, it's really no skin off his back. And I also read somewhere, like, there are later things that are going to happen that kind of imply he might not have the best regenerative powers because he mm. never has to use them, you know, because right. he's he thinks he's so indestructible. Um, but, yeah, it's just, like, he's like, no, 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 we can't save him. And just the way he, like, flips it off and he, like, checks yeah. off all his things. Like, no, 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 I don't feel like going to get milk. You know, it's just, we're we're, just, we're done, you know? Yeah. Yeah, he doesn't even try. Like, maybe he's even like, well, why don't you try this or this? And he's just like, nah, no. Right. Like, mm-hmm. doesn't even, like, attempt to, like, find another solution. Right. Or, you know, even though I think some of her suggestions were it's like oh yeah that could work for you know at least worth a shot but nope doesn't try right just cuts his losses and we'll cut yeah and then lets them crash into the ocean because he doesn't (laughs) care you know he really just doesn't care at all yeah um because he knows he's now not going to be able to use this because somebody might say oh you were careless you killed the pilots or you you failed to prevent a tragedy Mm mm-hmm and, and like, if they realize, because one of the other things that I was researching when I was researching his weakness is, like, he can't lift this plane. He has to have something to stand on. Like, the article. That's hilarious to me. When he was like, lift the plane up, there's nothing to stand on. I was like, I oh, my God, that's so funny. Because it's, like, one of those, like, weird, like, logic gaps that a lot of superhero things just, like breeze over right <laughs> well and also like we've ha- we've seen superman returns like we see when he <laughs> saved that plane from Grom. Yeah. but it's like if he tried any of those things and failed not only or if he tried any of those things and injured somebody one would would they sue him or like what which i'm sure they probably wouldn't but like i could imagine him hearing risk assessment in his head but mm-hmm. also like would he have to admit to himself that he is not all powerful and he's not god because like what if i tried to do this and i couldn't you know yeah it doesn't he doesn't show i've ne- i mean we've yet to see him show any signs of weakness whether mm-hmm. it's like physically or emotionally or any like mentally like he just refuses to show any of that yeah and especially in front of Maeve I think where you know that's that whole story is yet to be fully flushed out but clearly there's something there so he especially it seems like doesn't want to show that in front of her right yeah and I have Maeve in our Spice Girls section but let's let's maybe talk about her right now because really the only thing we really see Maeve do is with this plane in this episode and I mean I don't know if I would put her in the bad guys category from this, although she she doesn't save anybody either. It's not her fault, and she tries. I feel like she really does the best that she can do in this situation, yeah. but like I don't know. So, so what what are your thoughts on Maeve? I'm also so curious to hear like your thoughts on these characters, how they evolve over these yeah. episodes. You know, I mean, it was like really sad and like heartbreaking to see her like wanting so desperately to save some people or just even that one girl like even at the end she's like just her just save Mm -hmm. like 
her and her mom, like these two, like save them mm-hmm. and just being shut down and not being able to do anything about it, not get him to listen. I don't fully know all of her power. She can't fly, right? He she had can't to fly. Okay. No. So like sh- he had to carry. So that's the other thing. Like she wasn't actually capable mm-hmm. of saving them on her own like she would require his assistance in one way or another and since he wasn't able to give that i mean she was just put in a terrible position Mm -hmm. and it's just like you know homelander clearly has uh developed some coping mechanisms to just completely he's he's a little calloused and has Mm -hmm. uh developed some sort of shell that he's just not going to let these things get to him but i don't think that mave is quite that uh hardened and mm. so I just, you know, I just think of her going home that night, thinking what her apartment, I just spend way too much time thinking about like what their apartments <laughs> look like. Also, uh-huh. like, I know we're not talking about Butcher yet, but like also his apartment. I was like, okay, that's exactly how I imagined it. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> and just like her like sitting down and like, I assume she has a cat and just like, <laughs> like, how do you, how do you reconcile that? Like, how mm-hmm. do you process that? And like trying to actually do the right thing. And failing. Yeah. And that's yeah. just hard. And having <laughs> to like stare those people in the face and know that you can't do anything and you're going to have to lie about it. Like the other moment that breaks my heart is when Homelander is crying about this and he's like manipulating all the cameras and you just look at her and she just kind of like nods and just like she just she doesn't she's in a no win situation because I think the other thing we see is how afraid of Homelander she is, you know, and how like she does, it's like this, she knows that she's not going to be able to convince him. And even though she knows, I feel like this is probably the most she would ever try to change his mind on anything. And even then she backs off pretty quickly. And I don't say that as a judgment against her. I say it as like Homelander is like showing that he's like, super like psychotic and abusive in this relationship and that she knows that and I just wonder how many times they've been in situations like this and she's like I I see this look in his eyes like literally the look and I know Mm -hmm. I know I'm not going to be able to do anything and I can't even tell the truth about what happened because I don't know what he would do to me you know if he will kill these innocent people that are going down in a plane crash like what's he going to do to me if I tell anybody so Oh yeah, he'd blame it all on her. He would turn on her so fast, and I think oh, she knows totally. Mm hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um. Well, somebody else that is afraid of Homelander. I think this is an interesting episode for A Train. So I think one of the things that I'm really struck by in this episode is I think he really loves Popclaw. I know. And seeing him with her, like he's talking about when she relapsed, and like he. He was there for her like he is I get the sense he would like to be out and public about their relationship, but he's not but not enough to jeopardize his place in the seven, but that he just is so conflicted about this relationship because she is also putting him in danger with Homelander. And so he's in this position of having to choose like, am I afraid is my love for her? enough to overcome this fear I have of what people will say about us or what Homelander will do. Yeah, I kept expecting like when they were like hugging and you know, he was like, I love you. And I kept expecting him to like, I don't know, have a look or like whisper something like really cutting to her, Mm -hmm. you know, 
Yeah. Like something like, okay, now clean yourself up or whatever. Or like, I don't mm-hmm. know, like something just like really offensive. <laughs> mm-hmm. But he did it. It was like, oh, I think he like, he genuinely actually really loves her. Mm-hmm. And like, that was, that was interesting. And, you know, he wasn't, you know, he got, he raised his voice a little for a second, but then he like calmed down and like they had a conversation and left it at that. And so it was like, oh, that's maybe not what I expected. So but from both yeah. him and the deep, I think we're seeing some interesting sides to them where it's making you feel certain ways about characters that you don't necessarily want to feel certain ways about. <laughs> I know it's fascinating and I think like we see the start of Starlight's journey with Vought because I think like if I were to connect like the Deep and Maeve and A-Train in this episode it's like really kind of planting seeds of how like abusive and manipulative just Vought itself is and Mm -hmm. how toxic this entire system is because like I wonder what A-Train was like on his first day. You know, mm. I wonder if he, like, I have a hard time seeing him be all, like, starlight and, like, I really want to save the day and not want attention from him for himself. But, like, yeah. I wonder how idealistic they all were when they got into this and just constantly being beat down by Homelander and by Vought and just knowing, like, no matter what you do, you're never going to win, like, or be good enough exactly yeah you're never going to be good enough well and i mean they know they're never going to be homelander they're never going to be able to fly and he's always going to hold something like that over their heads so like you one start to look for other people that you can take your frustration out on and you just stop caring you know like i had a job once i can't remember if i've talked about this on this pod before but like I had a boss once at an old job that was super wishy-washy. You never knew when he was going to like pull the rug out from under you on a project, you know, Mm -hmm. and the advice I got from somebody who'd been there for a long time was like, you just have to care a little bit less and (laughs) it just kind of breaks your heart. But that's, if you want to survive in that kind of system, that's what you have to do, you know? Yeah. So. But at the same time. To counter that, to encounter the sweet moment where you're like, oh, A-Train, well, okay, maybe you're not so bad. Uh, yeah, he's hiding quite a secret at his little drug den. Yes. Um, which is quite intriguing. So not yes. only is he, like, running drugs, basically, behind uh, everybody's back, Homelander's back, and utilizing those drugs to make sure that he retains his position of power. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's got the female trapped in this like dungeon cell. <laughs> yes. Okay, so let's that's a perfect segue into our next section, Spice Girls, which this was the episode. So we're, let's talk about Spice Girls in a minute. But yeah, let's talk about the female of the species. Okay, first thoughts about the female. Uh my exact notes are are you fucking kidding me? Because she <laughs> like bursts out of their and just incredible like I always get like I don't know what this says about me but like I get like kind of emotional whenever I see mm-hmm. like women just being badass like physically Same. being badasses yeah. like whether it's like you know action sequences like that or I don't know so just like I don't even know this character but like seeing mm-hmm. her just like get come out of there and 
squeeze somebody's eyeballs out. It's just like, yes, yes. <laughs> Dude, I do that too. Like when I see like, yeah, female characters doing like incredible things. Like I remember there was some Netflix show about this like Western town full of women and it had like Michelle Dockery in it. And there was just this image of her like holding up a shotgun and shooting somebody. And it always made me cry because I was like, oh my God. They're yeah, dead. it's just I, like that's, like I know it's 2023 20, or whatever <laughs> but like those images and those behaviors are still so powerful mm-hmm. and I think like for me like where the emotion comes from it's just okay yes I'm never gonna be in a John Wick movie or mm-hmm. like be able to not that I would want to handle a gun like that but like be able <laughs> to like no martial arts or anything but just like seeing a female you know, character or actor or whatever, just like own their body in that way and just mm-hmm. not be afraid to use it. And it's just amazing. <laughs> mm-hmm. She is so cool. She's so strong too. Yeah. So the female. And so she is being held prisoner at the bottom of this uh, noodle place. And that's also where they're keeping the compound V. That's where um, a train keeps coming in and out of and to be honest like this is I've now watched this episode like four times the first three times I watched it it was like it was one of those like I'm not totally engaging with the plot of it yet Mm -hmm. like I'm not exactly sure what's what's going on with the details and so I picked up a lot of new information on this watch if that makes sense you know like no totally kind of in it for the big moments like we used to say when we were watching Sons of Anarchy like that's something with the Mayans like if it was some kind of like (laughs) businessy nuancey thing that we didn't really care about we just wanted to see them like fight on their motorcycles Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah so and it's it's an interesting little plot that we've got going. They're keeping her prisoner in this basement. And and also, like, the guy that just dies by suicide because he doesn't want to get killed by her, too. Like, yeah. Ooh, she is she is awesome. Yeah. And lots of lots of questions about her, for sure. Mm-hmm. And just like they were clear. Well, they, like, I think it was Butcher or somebody said that they were like keeping her to test the compound V on, which I'm not sure if that's accurate. I guess we'll find out, Mm -hmm. but I'm curious, like, okay, is she a superhero? Is she just a regular person hopped up on compound V? Like, what is this, Mm -hmm. what does this mean? And what is this saying about this drug that we're learning about? And yeah, just her backstory, why she's there. What is her, you know, what is she trying to accomplish fully? We get little hints at, but mm-hmm. and then her and Frenchie, their little dynamic is, oh. yeah. Yes. Kind of, kind Let's of sweet. Let's talk about Frenchie. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I love him so much in this episode because he's just like, I think he sees that she's a human being, you know? And yeah. one of the things that, like, I, I love this show. If there were one thing I was going to, like, pick at, it would be I don't like that we call her the female. Mm. Like, she's a person. and Give her a um, name, yeah. <laughs> right, right. Um, But he sees beyond that. I think he sees past her, like, dirty clothes, and he sees past her, like, being so brutal because like she's killing these people like what did they just do to translucent they blew him up with an ass bomb so like Mm -hmm. it's not like they're any better than she is she's just trying to be free and I don't necessarily think 
anybody but Butcher is really condemning her. It's more yeah. like, I don't want her to kill me, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, Which, I, I look at her. I she, it's like, she's a, it's like a dog, you know? Like, you, mm. a dog can be incredibly aggressive when they're really scared. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. It's just a defensive mechanism, and that's not an indictment on that dog, nor is it. Mm-hmm. An, I'm not comparing her to a dog. It's just. No, a, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. Just, but it's just, a, a, I think Frenchie can see that, like, she's not going to hurt us because we're not threatening her. Like, she's just defending herself and right. doesn't want to deal with your shit, basically. <laughs> And if we can really convince her that we are not the bad guys, mm-hmm. you know, then we will, you know. We can even learn something. For, like, we can save her and possibly learn something from her. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And that she just wants to get home. Like, so we know that she's been trafficked here and <laughs> she kills the lady in the nail salon. And so I think part of the reason that Frenchie can see that is that, mm-hmm. like, he has been in that situation before. Like he tells a story about his dad, which is heartbreaking. Yeah. And just like he knows what it's like to want to get out or to be so hurt that you just want to hurt back, you know? Yeah. I just love learning these little nuggets. Like these little lines are just dropped in. Mm-hmm. Like there's like him and Mother's Milk are having a conversation. They have several conversations, which are just, I really like their dynamic and how that's too. progressing, how they're mm-hmm. like working together, but don't like each other. They're definitely mm-hmm. like, t- there's some tension there yeah. and particularly tied to something that happened with Lamplighter. Mm-hmm. And I don't fully know that story, but I'm excited to have another little piece of that puzzle. <laughs> Yes. Well, okay. And so what we learn, we are going to learn more about this story as seasons unfold. But what we know now is that they were supposed to tail someone named Lamplighter for someone named Grace Mallory and Frenchie for some reason. Like him deviating for the plan is a big thing in this episode. And because he deviated from the plan, her grandchildren got torched. And that's all we really know, but it doesn't sound good. No. And yeah. <laughs> and so MM is really, I mean, understandably hesitant to trust him because, you know, he's got Monique and we haven't met Monique yet, but we know it's somebody he really cares about. And I think what's interesting about their dynamic too is one, they don't want to work together, but you can tell like that animosity is built on a much stronger relationship. Like you can tell that they were tight once you know yeah. mm-hmm. like they do talk and they've got a rapport with each other and that it's just it has gone to shit because of something awful that happened and as much as we love Frenchie it's hard to think about him being a fuck up you know mm-hmm. but what I love is okay so let's talk about the Spice Girls thing now because I was so excited to get to this it's it's not even a big deal but i just love when frenchie says what if she's a spice girl like what if like what if she's one of us you know yes no i that moment was pretty great it's like so silly Mm -hmm. i mean but like that needle drop is amazing his comparisons butcher's knowledge of the spice girls (laughs) is like impressive why do you know so much about the spice girls yes (laughs) and so i just it's it's just one of those things where it's like it's so stupid, but also like and I, we see that we see MM and like Frenchie being like, 
this is dumb, but also right. like, you're totally right. <laughs> exactly. And we do work really well together, you know? And okay, so that also maybe can lead us into talking about Butcher because there's a comp, well, there's a couple of people that are involved in this, but that's another thing that I think is interesting in this episode. So we've got the female and we've got Annie and Huey says she's not a bad person about Annie. And that's also what Frenchie says about her. Like, what if she's a Spice Girl? Like, I know you're not a bad person. And so it's kind of going into this theme of like, can you have superpowers and be a good person? Because Butcher, yeah. he his philosophy is just, nope, no soups are good. They're all bad. It Like, inherently, there is no way to be a good superhero. And so... Let's talk about, you want to talk about Butcher or Annie first? Let's talk about Butcher because I also have to tell you this last week I watched Ghost Ship. (laughs) Oh my God, is he in Ghost Ship? He's in Ghost Ship. No way. Who is he in it? I don't know, but he's got long hair (gasps) and like no beard. And it took me a second to even realize that it was Carl Urban. Mm Mm-hmm. And I was rocked because he's not that hot. <laughs> like, oh, it's he's, funny. He's not hot in ghost ship. Well, I don't know. He just looks like, it, like, honestly, it wouldn't surprise me if they were like, oh, he was like, this is not an indictment on anybody that works in production <laughs> as like a camera or like a gaffer, like a mm-hmm. camera operator or a gaffer. But it looked like he, they just like pulled him like off the set and were like, shoot, we need an actor like you stand in here for him. That um, sounds al- aligned with my understanding of Ghost Ship, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's not the best movie. It's super fun and people get cut in half. That's awesome. But yeah. Oh, yeah. That opening scene is amazing. It is just but, fantastic, yeah. Yeah, but he's in that. And I was just like so happy that the stars aligned in that way where I hadn't seen that. And now I could like place Carl Urban and see him in this really weird role with really long hair being like a welder on a, uh, what is it called? Uh, salvage ship. Oh, yeah. You know, that's so funny because Corey put on for the kids to watch Star Trek and he is McCoy in Star Trek like he's oh my gosh he is oh in the new ones yeah yeah in the new ones yeah 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 um and it just is so like he's such a dweeb (laughs) in that movie you know and his hand gets super big or maybe that's uh Chris Chris Pine um but yeah he's it's just so funny to see him in this role because we Mm -hmm. see a lot of him in this episode I just wrote beardless and fucking (laughs) yes butcher bum we see his bum and Mm. also the fact that he had a bulldog and I oh. <laughs> want to know, like, where that bulldog is because it was adorable. And he still had the bed and the crate in his apartment with nothing else in it. Mm, I thought about you when I saw that. I was like, I like that bulldog. <laughs> I, I know. So I was, I yeah, I want to know what happened to the puppy. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, you get, get a little bit more info on him. A little bit of info. Enough to be like, okay, he had a relationship. He mm-hmm. seemed happy. It seemed healthy and reciprocal, and then some weird footage. Yeah, that he's still mulling over. So it's like you're starting; the pieces are starting to get put together mm-hmm. about maybe why he's so anti soups, why it, there is no middle ground for him. Yeah, and why he feels so strongly about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's. We've heard. I think it was. Um, Susan Rayner, who mentioned Becca. Somebody has mentioned Becca before. Yeah. 
And so this, we, we finally meet Becca and I love their conversation. We never find out for sure, but I'm pretty sure they're talking about the Spice Girls and like their reunion tour, which I just love that little echo later. Like this is still something that like yes. feels important to him, you know? Yeah. Or it's still like present in his mind, you know? Yeah. And those, yeah, a, a little glimpse that there is something deeper for him, like this emotional mm-hmm. well that he's like attempting to just like stuff rocks on top of. But it's like it is there. And even mm-hmm. if Frenchie and MM don't realize it in that moment, those are little hints that we as the audience are able to pick up on that is just really endearing and like, okay, I see starting to see a little bit more here. So it's pretty cool. Well, and like if we contrast that or compare that with what we just said about the deep in A Train, too, it's like, yes, Butcher is a good guy. Like we we put him in our good guys category. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Spice Girls, good girls category. Um, but like he's about as bad a good guy as you can get. You know, like he still kind of comes across as an asshole. Like yes, he's doing the right thing, but like. In a way that, like, it's hard to not like Madeline, even though she's working for the overarching enemy. Like, he, Butcher is kind of a shit, even though he is well, yeah. fighting for the good side. You know? Well, it's, I mean, that's the thing. I th- it's like it's all subjective, right? It's all and it's exactly. all it's it's all how it's presented. Like, we're seeing this. Like, clearly, this is a television show, and <laughs> right. it is like a you know scripted and presented a certain way. So they are telegraphing that butcher is a good guy however mm-hmm. you could take this same show re-edit it and all of a sudden we're like in support of the soups and butcher's the bad guy trying to take down these helpful superheroes so it's it's all in how everything is looked at and perceived and i think that is what they're starting to do so well mm-hmm. is really present that that gray Mm-hmm. I, I, you know that's a, a theme we can discuss a little bit more but yeah the gray starring Liam Neeson <laughs> like that, <laughs> yes, yes. that not everything is so black and white like there are elements of good and evil black and white in in all of these characters right right and if I compare that to like and again I'm not a huge DC Marvel fan and I'm not super caught up on that but like I think about somebody like Henry Cavill as Superman you know mm-hmm. and like his conflicts are like, oh, it's hard to be so perfect, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. it's like th- these are real people. They feel like real characters. They feel like people we know, you know? Yes, they have superpowers, but they're also human and they're also yeah. flawed. And I think that's what makes the show so, so interesting. Um, well, let's talk about, let's see, let's go to Annie, Mm -hmm. because I love her, and oh, their date, it's so sweet, um, so she and Huey go bowling, I love that she fakes being bad at bowling, so relatable, and she tells this whole story about, um, dating guys and then being strong around them and and that was a big turnoff for them and she what she says um never show your strength to a boy you like which is just it's just like it just like punches you in the gut because like it it's yes it's sweet that she's you know kind of losing on purpose to not Mm -hmm. quote unquote embarrass Huey but it's also just like oh such a culturally ingrained thing that is unfortunately like very true and sad and the fact that she 
I mean, she's in the seven. She's a superhero. Mm-hmm. The fact that she still feels like she has to do that and doesn't even give Huey the opportunity to show his, you know, true colors, I guess. Like, she's mm-hmm. just getting to know this person. Like, to me, it, not you know, I'm not I'm not saying I'm I wouldn't do the same thing or whatever. But like, yeah, it would be a good test if she, you know, exhibited her powers and then saw how he reacted. But she just mm-hmm. immediately defaults to. I'm going to, you know, subdue myself without even, like, knowing. Because then she finds out. Huey's like, no, I think that's, like, that's hot. And she's like, right, like, what? Really? Okay. Mm -hmm. You know, and. You like me for who I am? Yeah. And he probably, Mm -hmm. like, he would have responded that way anyways. Mm -hmm. And so it's it's interesting to see her, even in this really powerful, powerful position with this incredibly famous, powerful group, still like not doubt herself in some way but not own her strength yet like she's not quite mm-hmm. there yet and that's yeah you know i just we believe in her and i just i, I just want her to believe in herself more too and not be so mm-hmm. scared of that but it was a very sweet moment nonetheless and yeah. it's like yep and learn a little bit about her background and that you know she didn't get kissed till senior prom or anything so <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. That I was like, oh, I learned that about a friend recently that they their first kiss was when they were 17. And I was like, oh, <laughs> I felt a little bit loose, but also I'm owning my sexuality. And I'm I was I my first kiss was in sixth grade for the record. And I feel like I think I was okay. too. And it was just yeah. like it was just like a boy who was visiting like my neighbors for the summer because it was like his grandparents and it was just like oh yeah this is like you'll be like good practice and then you'll leave and it'll be great (laughs) oh nice oh I would have been like oh we're getting married and I'm gonna call you and write you yeah I I had some boundary issues like translucent I had some issues with boundaries when I was when I was young um but yeah I think like this this Annie it's like such a interesting and clear like depiction of the patriarchy and how you can be maybe second or third strongest woman in the world and still feel like you can't be so strong that you threaten the men even like Huey who is yeah, just like Huey. a regular person <laughs> exactly and I mean Huey's he's great I love him but like mm-hmm. he's like she could tear his head off you know but she still feels like she cannot survive in this world and this is oversimplifying a little bit but that she can't yeah. get what she wants out of life without downplaying herself or without making sure she's not a threat to the men around her which is exactly what the patriarchy wants us to do they want women and people who identify as women or as non-male essentially to feel like we have to always like they have to be the center and we have to exist in a way that like continues to let them know they're at the center and they are the most important. Yeah. It's not till you meet somebody who challenges that and is like, no, I think it's cool that you just bold that awesome strike that you really, it really hits you how much time and energy you spend trying to not threaten the men around you, you know? Yeah. And it's because she likes to put that burden down, you know? Right. Yeah. yeah. Like if she I didn't do think like I, Huey. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that if, you know, he was just some like asshole like trying to hit on her, like she would have no problem like putting him right. in her place. But it's because she likes him and cares like she cares how he perceives her mm-hmm. that she's, you know, playing that little game a little bit, which yeah. 
it's cute and also like yeah sad but i do it's a great moment i think a very real moment where i think that they both learn a lot about each other that just makes me just immediately just be like oh my god kiss <laughs> i know oh i know but it also kind of shows like what it is like because if we compare her to queen mave like we haven't really seen her have any kind of relationships with anybody yet but like she just doesn't care and maybe that's why she isolates so much because like it just shows like Annie has just kind of internalized that love romantic love will not exist for her as her authentic self. Mm -hmm. She is not able to be her true self in a way that will be pleasing to other people. And I think it just shows like the downside of this system, this power, power system. And it's just kind of a symptom of everything larger, you know? Yeah. But yeah, their little date is so sweet. So let's let's talk about Huey because I also this is yeah, we do learn a lot about Huey. And for somebody like we've talked about how passive he's been in the past and how he is like really trying to empower himself. But I think here we see like he might just be the kind of person that is okay not being in the driver's seat all the time. And like those are awesome people too and it is okay to not always have to be like the dominant or like not I don't even want to say the dominant but it it's okay to sit back and just appreciate other people sometimes you know oh yeah like I mean I think that he genuinely you know he's conflicted about a lot of things and Mm -hmm. he's you know because Butcher has clearly like given him sort of an assignment Mm -hmm. and kind of like I didn't thought it was kind of an asshole thing the way butcher did it was basically like oh this will be easy compared to what you've done before like basically like like yes true like it's not like a high risk like physical danger but like Mm -hmm. trying to just like kind of remind him like you've already done some really bad things Mm -hmm. like what is this like this is nothing like just record her like no big Mm -hmm. deal And I don't necessarily think Butcher is intentionally doing that, but I also think he's underestimating how Huey is actually feeling about Annie. Right. Well, and it's like what we were just saying about Annie, too. It's like um, if she didn't care about Huey, she'd just, you know, she'd just be super strong and she'd just destroy him at bowling. And if Huey didn't actually care about Annie, he'd just tap her phone and that would be the end of it, you know, but he does. And I think. Like they have because they connected on like a personal and super vulnerable level before they knew anything about each other. Now they're kind of like head to head in this like they're they're like Romeo and Juliet kind of like they're on opposite sides of this divide. And and I just love them. And I love that we see um, like Huey having a little bit of PTSD. Like I, I don't know if I would necessarily diagnose that for him, but like he's definitely triggered. And when he sees Robin on the date, like, that's, like, tell me what you thought about that. I mean, it's understandable. Like, I think that, you know, he's feeling, not only is he feeling guilty about having feelings for Annie, you know, because it's like, Mm -hmm. this was somebody that he genuinely cared about that's no longer there. And, you know, he's still grieving that her and that relationship a bit, but also, like, not forgetting what like why she died and how she Mm -hmm. died and kind of like reminding her that like dude she's like part of that 
group. <laughs> right. And so mm-hmm. and I think that it's right after that, right, that we see him then recording her again. Mm-hmm. Because it kind of like realigns him to like those emotions and kind of has him temporarily ignoring his feelings for Annie and kind of real putting him on that track, the 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 butcher track versus like his own, you know, attracted mm-hmm. feelings towards Annie. Right. And, like their little budding romance. I mean it's understandable, but also it's like a big bummer. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I him. know. I was like, no. Um yeah. Um, and it's it's interesting because, like, he's heard her talk about how much they all suck. Mm-hmm. But then she says something kind of nice about Translucent. She's like, I don't know. He just seems like a loner. So for all he knows, she might, like, go pal around with A-Train the next day. Like, he doesn't see how awful it is. And he doesn't yeah. see how much, sh- how unhappy she is. And he doesn't know what happened with the deep, too. So... Yeah. A little date is so cute. It is. But then we like we also see like Starlight, you know, drops normal conversation, but mentions that Translucent had a son. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's something that Huey didn't know before. Mm-hmm. And so I think clearly he's processing a lot (laughs) and he's doing a mediocre job at masking these things (laughs) well and so that's something that you have in your in our next category in your notes for that so let's move to good versus evil because one of the things you mentioned is the ripples of all of these things and that translucent did have a son and that like we said there is more to the deep and there is more to a train like there's probably more to translucent too you know yeah, that's it's I mean, it's so funny. You think about like some of these like giant superhero movies and you've got like all of these superheroes just blasting through buildings and just like all of these things with like no consequences and no regard for like all of these people that you assume live there. And so mm-hmm. like, however, in this show, we're starting to see, yeah, these rip the, like actions have consequences. And mm-hmm. how those consequences are impacting these characters. So, y- yes, so Huey killed Translucent. But then he learned, like, oh, he had a son. So now mm-hmm. that kid doesn't have a dad. And that's because of mm-hmm. me. And, like, how do I feel about that? And I don't think he really knows right now. And then right. we also see, talking about A-Train, in those sweet moments. But then we have Popclaw, who's, like... Yeah, her boyfriend is saying all these incredibly sweet things and being, like, really supportive and, like, vulnerable with her in that moment. But then she's lying to his face Mm -hmm. and having to make that decision, like, to do that. So, but that's because, you know, she's being blackmailed, basically. And so her Mm -hmm. actions, now she's forced to deal with them and basically risk a relationship with somebody who really cares about her if and when he finds out about that lie. Mm -hmm. And then obviously like Homelander kills everybody and, (laughs) Uh you know, but now that makes him look better for the soups being in the military. So some of those ripples I think are yet to be determined, but they are floating away. (laughs) 
And then just like the deep too, like he went rogue Mm -hmm. (laughs) because he felt, you know, dismissed by Madeline and was like, no, Mm -hmm. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do something good. I'm going to stand up for what I want to do and Mm -hmm. ends up, well, not only missing out on a possible love connection, (laughs) (laughs) Uh he kills this dolphin and also just... I mean, we'll see what happens, but I'm assuming the reception to this little stunt that he pulled is not going to be a good one. And it just makes him look even more like an idiot. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And it's like a microcosm of the thing with the plane. It's like he's really he's trying to do a good thing. He actually has good intentions like Maeve. Like she really like she I don't get the sense she actually cares about being in the military. I think that's just what she's been told to say. But she wants to save these people. Yeah. And. They just can't. It's like a humorous version of Homelander just like blazing through the cockpit. You know, he just he's trying, but he he just can't. And so how super is he? You know, like these are the people that they put themselves on these pedestals. And I mean, they're not like they're not perfect, but they they can't allow themselves to not be perfect, you know? Yeah. And so when they fuck up, it's like so big because they don't know how to fuck up, you know? Yeah. And I, I think it's cool because it's showing that the these characters are not going to be let off the hook that easily. Mm-hmm. Like they're they're not going to just be able to, you know, move on and just kind of chalk it up to, uh, yeah, well, it's just, you know, it's just a movie. It's fine. It's just a mm-hmm. show. Like it's actually forcing both the audience and the characters to kind of reckon with these actions and Mm -hmm. just see how they sort of play out which is just making everything just super even more interesting because it's just like ooh, yeah things are getting real messy (laughs) Mm. well it's like that collateral damage too like everybody on this list there is a fatality there you know like pop claw like the ripple effect of a train not wanting to go public is her taking v and then accidentally killing this person and like he probably had a family and friends too and it's like everything that happens it continues to happen to people like and if we think about the instigation for the entire series it's a train running through robin and just like that kind of accidental death like it means something and every choice you make means something you know yeah like huey wouldn't even be involved like translucent would probably still be alive Mm -hmm. maybe right because like if a train didn't run through robin like yeah, Hue- probably. Huey, Huey, Huey wouldn't be involved. involved. Yeah, and mm-hmm. they wouldn't have known to like block the signal because that was Huey, and he blew him mm-hmm. up. Yeah, and like all of those things. I mean, yeah. Not only would we not have a show, but like not only like yeah, like there's just like none of that would have happened. So like oh, I guess mm-hmm. yeah. Does it all start with A Train? Hmm. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, what was Adrian on the way to? Like, he's got the V. So, like, it all, it's yeah. just a big tangled web, which is what life is like. You know, it's not True. like, <laughs> it's not, there aren't good guys and bad guys, and bad guys do things because they're bad, and that's it. It's like everything, there's leverage to everything. And one of the things I love so much about Breaking Bad is that 
where other shows would let characters off the hook or like resolve things easily. Like I think that show really follows the logical steps of what would happen with every decision, you know, and I don't want to spoil that show, but like there are things that happen in the second season that play out later in like the fourth and fifth seasons. And like, that's, you know, I don't want to spoil anything for this show too, but like some of the things on your list are not going to resolve themselves in this single episode like yeah we're going to continue to see ripples because that's what would happen and that's what the show is so great at is like confronting that easy narrative and saying no real life is messy and it's lived by messy people like yeah, there, Liam yeah there's nobody <laughs> yes i mean yeah nobody's perfect like clearly yeah. not even liam neeson like mm-hmm. you know not he even is huey you know yeah. he put a bug on her phone <laughs> yeah like Liam Neeson's made some stinker movies. Like, let's let's be honest. Like, there's some <laughs> mm. good ones in there, but also, you know, he's made some questionable choices. And you watch it, you're gonna get taken. <laughs> I know, and so have the characters in this show. Like, MM, mm-hmm. you got don't lie to your wife. Oh yeah, like mm-hmm. she's gonna find out you're like not at your day job eventually. <laughs> Right. How long does he think he's really going to get away with this? This never works out unless you have just a shit relationship to begin with. Yeah, I'm assuming he's no longer like going to the juvenile detention center. I'm assuming he's left. I don't know. You know, that's interesting. Now I'm thinking about it. Like, does he ever go back and actually quit? I don't know. He just walks out the door and just, yeah, just leaves. I don't know. He's like, sorry, I got butchers back. Yeah. All right, well, let's move into our next category, which is shock and awe. And we've already talked about some of these, like the flight. Like this is this is a big turning point, like mm-hmm. I said. And and this is kind of the moment for me when it feel when it starts to feel real. It starts to feel like we're in the motion of the show, you know. And then the deep in the dolphin, which uh just breaks your heart. But one thing I love is that this is our first soup fight. Where, because we've seen Homelander and Maeve fight terrorists, we've seen them fight bank robbers. This is yeah. the first time we've seen two soups fight each other with A Train and the female. And I just love like the slow motion, and you just see her fingers reach around and grab him. It's like, yeah, get him. Yeah, and just like seeing how like what the fact that she can still, yeah, I don't know, just the way because A Train's so fast, but like be her being able mm-hmm. to still like function in that scenario and that like Mm -hmm. she's still able to do something even though it's all happening like very quickly (laughs) Mm -hmm. and I yeah I also loved that they're basically able to end the fight by just like calling him out because they're like celebrities so it's like they can't really get away with things like that in public because odds are like somebody's gonna see you and like want to take your picture (laughs) right well and that's like what we've been saying about like the biggest their weakness is their reputation and like yeah. they have to look good all the time and he can't be seen kicking the shit out of a girl you know <laughs> yeah. even though we know that she's super and that's also like I don't know if I would see Butcher thinking that but I'm like okay if she can fight a train like maybe she's worth having on your side you know like yeah. can can you fight a train no. Mm-hmm. no I also like just loved seeing how the women were presented in this episode like clearly that is um you know the female the species so clearly Mm -hmm. that's an underlying theme that's going throughout this whole episode but i mean we have you know madeline is really 
strong and in control as always. <laughs> uh, mm -hmm. And we even have like Frenchie's girlfriend really kind of takes control over that situation. She's mm -hmm. like, I got us a room. When can I expect you? Like, mm -hmm. show up, buddy. And Monique is clearly pulling a few of the strings. Mm -hmm. And then we have Susan Rayner at the beginning, yeah. like with a showdown with Butcher. And mm -hmm. they're like, we can't have two alpha dogs. And she doesn't say it, but she's like, yeah, you're right. And I'm the alpha dog here. You know? Yeah, totally. So, and you know, there's just a lot of, even though they're not the main focus of the episodes, it's not Annie. It's not, you know, it, but we still see that. There's like these really strong characters, but they were presented that way in a way that just like, it wasn't overly obnoxious, <laughs> mm -hmm. which I felt like like it wasn't like, look at these women being strong. Yes. Right. You know, like, I don't know. Have you seen is it? The, it's one of the Avengers movies and there's like a fight scene and like it's like all the female like superheroes and like part of me is like, yes. And then part of me is like. That's so lame. Mm -hmm. <laughs> exactly. Like it's like calling humans. attention to it, mm -hmm. whereas it's kind of nice just seeing women being strong, but like without having to have like I don't know a spotlight shown on them. I guess right. It's like like hashtag girl boss. You know, it's mm -hmm. like no, we can just be competent humans. You know, and like this might seem like a stretch, but like I I love tarot. I'm very into tarot cards, and I'm reading this book like about like reversals are a thing in tarot. I don't know how familiar you are with it, but like, I don't know, lots of people like put a lot of stock in reversals and I just don't really love it. And the, I mean, I don't know. I have a lot of complicated thoughts, but the, the justification I got was like, if it's a negative implication, you will get that from your understanding of the card. And that's mm. kind of what I see here. It's like, they are strong just because of what they're doing, not because yeah. they're putting it in quotation marks or they're they're being empowered or they're, you know, because men don't do that. They just are strong, mm -hmm. you know, or they are weak and women are like that too. Yeah, I love it. I don't know if that made sense, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that was something that was like, not like shock or like I wasn't like shocked, but mm -hmm. it was just something something I appreciated. <laughs> Well, I think like it's like what we were talking about, about seeing women do like really cool stuff. It's like it feels novel, you know, Yeah. like it feel because it's not something we see all the time, you know, yeah. in the same way that it feels novel to see Huey be weak and allow himself to be weak in quotation marks without being a dick about it, you know, or without making himself a victim. You know, it's like they're just allowed to be who these characters would actually be and I just yeah without any kind of like shame for it and I just yeah. love it well and especially like with Howie I'm just just quickly say like it's interesting like hit by him showing that he's not intimidated or uh I don't or, know like Annie, threatened yeah not threatened by Annie's strength like it could be perceived as weak, I guess, like it by like normal social, like toxic masculinity standards. Yeah. But, but like Vought standards. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like interesting because it's like that actually makes him like more masculine because he's like not threatened. Right. And right, it's like he's exactly. just like, like you do you girl. Like that's actually like much more attractive and shows even more inner strength that he's not mm -hmm. threatened. So it's just totally. like that 
that subtle little subversion that's like, oh, Huey. <laughs> mm-hmm. I know. I just love him. If I could date anybody on the show, it would be Huey for sure. Well, so speaking of choosing our dates, let's move into Choose Your Fighter. So, Rachel, who is your MVP of the episode? So I'm going to cheat, but it was Frenchie <laughs> and the female together. Yeah, that's I, I accept that cheating, yes. <laughs> because I did love that, you know, their interactions and how they were kind of like, I don't know, sizing each other up a little bit, figuring out mm-hmm. each other like, even just through looks, because she doesn't say anything. Um, but there, that tentative trust that we see them kind of having at the end before Butcher smokes them out and, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> puts an end to that. But yeah. I just, I thought that was such a cool exchange between those two and can't wait to see where that goes. And I also just, I mean, shout out to that Spice Girl needle drop again because <laughs> mm-hmm. it's a banger. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's a good one. Um, yeah, and it's another example of like Frenchie, like Huey, like showing strength through quote unquote weakness or vulnerability because by like trying to connect with him and like putting himself in danger, he is being stronger than the others and they catch her by force but like what's that going to do for them you know yeah which i guess we'll find out um my fighter for this week i feel um a little embarrassed to say it but it's homelander (laughs) okay now and this is like he is a bad guy i do not i i'm fully aware that he is um that he is evil and he's not a good person i would never want to date him but i just love this episode with him I love how quickly he turns how scary he is in those moments and I think Anthony Starr just like kills this role and then like the tears like he just he kills this episode and I was really excited to get to this point too because I think I just think the more we learn about Homelander and the more we see this performance so it's more the performance than Mm. actually the character that is winning for me this week, but I just I fucking love Homelander. I'm gonna send you his IMDb IMDb picture because <laughs> smoking hot. Um, <laughs> all right, well, let's move into predictions. So, Rachel, what do you think might happen next, and what are you excited to see? Okay, so I mean, I definitely need more of the female in my life. <laughs> I I need to I I got to know what's going on there. Um and you know just the plot is you know I said it's like getting real thick. It's like it went from spaghetti sauce to oatmeal. <laughs> just like it's just getting thicker and thicker. And I'm excited to see this web of stories and just all these characters that are developing just get real gloopy. Like cake batter, uh, funfetti, of course, because it's the best. <laughs> and, oh, it is the best, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, at some point, Huey is going to have to come clean to Starlight, I'm assuming. Like, there's going to have to be some sort of reckoning in that relationship. Mm. And it's giving me anxiety because I don't like confrontation. And I have no, I- I have no idea how it's going to play out, but I just feel like... That's going to have to happen. So not excited to see it, but I feel like it's going to happen. So we'll see what see where that goes. Yeah, they're uh, they're two on the opposite sides of a great divide right now. But well, and we'll see. And um, I put a link to 
Anthony Stars. <laughs> I'm GP Page in the chat because he's so dreamy. So I'm looking. Sorry. Oh my gosh. Right? Yeah, okay. Like, All right, brunette. Woo, I know. Look at Oh, woo. okay. So, sorry, listeners, pull up Anthony Starr's uh, IMDb page for a nice little treat. Uh, all right. Well, <laughs> well, well, we both enjoy this image. Uh, let's wrap up with some plugs. Rachel, where can we find you and uh what do you have coming up? Yeah, so you can find me on uh Twitter at @vinylgirl g r r r l and uh Instagram at the vinyl girl. And uh, you can catch me on a couple other podcasts. You co-host <laughs> on the Pod and the Pendulum podcast where we cover horror franchises one installation at a time. Just wrapped up the Purge series. And I don't know where we're going next, but we're going to go somewhere cool, <laughs> somewhere in the horror world. Nice. So it'll be fun regardless. And um, also on the Losers Club, a Stephen King podcast. <laughs> That's right. Yes. And we just did an episode on Cell, the movie. Five star movie. Just Ooh. a classic of American <laughs> oh, cinema. Yeah. It, that's all lies, but it's a fun episode. So that's, that's It was something. a fun episode. Yeah, the episode is more fun than the movie, I will say. So yeah, check that out. Um, yeah, you can find me at the Losers Club. You can find me at Jim Ferratu on uh, Twitter and Instagram. And I just wrote about Children of the Corn and the craziest things that have happened in that wacky franchise. Amazing. And also <laughs> about um, the Mayfair Witches, which is interesting. Mm. Um, and a long book so and I read all thousand pages so listeners please make it worth it and read that piece I wrote Um, and you can also find me um, on the White Ladies in Crisis podcast on this very network and our we just covered Palm Trees and Power Lines which is fantastic and so hard to watch and it's it's really good it's about um, traffic human trafficking um it, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's super heavy, but it's super it's really good. Light topic. <laughs> I put it in the I call it my American History X category of movies mm. I'm glad exist, but I never want to watch again. Yeah. Um, but we covered that, and the next one we're covering is the Stepford Wives, which super excited about. Wait, that. the original or the Nicole the original? Kidman? Yeah. Yeah, nice. we're going to kind of pretend that Nicole Kidman doesn't, doesn't <laughs> exist. Um, and you can find that pod on the Anatomy of a Scream Pod Squad, along with some other fantastic shows. Bodies of Horror just dropped a new episode. There is such sights to show, and there's a new pod coming too about David Lynch and David Cronenberg with Joe and. Terry Menard, which is going to be super awesome. Sorry, that's Joe Lipset and Terry Menard. I said it like they were like brothers or something. <laughs> um, so lots of other stuff there. Make sure you check it out. And that's it for this episode of The Girls on the Boys. We are going to be back in your ears in two weeks to talk about episode five, Good for the Soul. Okay, if I hyped up last week's episode, this the episode five coming up is one of my favorites of the whole series. I Love it. Cannot wait to talk about this episode with you. So that's going to be in two weeks. Um, And until then, remember, what if I just said, we should be in the military. (laughs) 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 Remember, you guys, you're the real heroes. The Anatomy of a Scream Pod Squad.